Hall McCollum, and I'm sitting here with my dad, Dudley Hall, and you're joining us for an episode of Papa, I Have a Question. This is where I just get to sit here and ask my dad uh, questions, and we ask you to join us because I realize that throughout the years, I have had access to a great Bible teacher, um, a great man of wisdom and insight, and so when I had um, questions or struggles or didn't understand something, I could just say, Papa, I don't understand this. I have a question about this. Um, and as an educator, I know that if one person has a question, usually someone else has that question. So we decided to invite you to sit in on some of our conversations. So Papa, I have a question. Okay, what's the question for today? All right, so this one's a little bit more personal. Um, I want you to walk me um, and our friends through what are some of the biggest theological paradigm shifts that you have had in your 60 years of ministry? Almost, be careful there. Almost <laughs> 60 years of ministry. Um, what are the things that were like big revelations that changed the direction of your life, changed the direction of the ministry, things where you were like, aha, I, I've, got, I've got new revelation? Hmm. Okay, well, uh, there are a lot of those um, because... Just a few. I'm sorry? Just walk me through a few. I just few. Because actually walking with the Lord on, on the journey is uh, it's just a series of repentances. Mm. <laughs> repenting. Repenting not necessarily of some awful sin, but a repenting of a view or perspective that you had yeah. of yourself, of God, of reality, and then you realize, oh... It's bigger than that or different than that and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just the whole process. So sometimes that happens several times a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the big ones, you're talking about the big yeah. ones. And you know, the one that I go back to, I guess, uh, um, first would be, you know, grow up, going up, going to church and, and believing that God's goal for me was to be a good boy because mm-hmm. good boys, you know, please more people than mm-hmm. bad boys do. And that God likes good people better than he likes bad people. And so I just wanted to be a good boy. And then, uh, so I, 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 I chose make a lot of, I made a lot of choices just so I could be a good boy. Mm-hmm. Not because that was out of, out of my heart mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it was like, I, I just want to be a good boy. And then I found out that God loves, uh, he loves bad boys too. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, he gets to man, magnify his mercy in a bad boy. And then I realized was I really was a bad boy. Yeah. There's no such thing as a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That in my heart I was I was as wicked as you could be. So, uh, so you know that that was the whole deal. But it kind of culminated in I, I go to college uh, to be um, uh, to study for ministry. But how how that kind of kind of came about is that I actually wanted to be a doctor. And I had uh, had scholarship offers from different schools, and so I was always checking out the school that had the right pre-med and all that so that I could go. And then in my uh, junior year in high school, uh, I got really serious about praying and realized that it wasn't med- medicine that I was going into, that God was calling me into ministry. And so I, I had to change what school I was going to, because some of the schools had have good pre-med, didn't have very much theology. So so I wound up going to a Baptist school, and I did play football. I got to go on a scholarship. 
My idea was, <clears throat> because this is what I understood of how God worked, I made. I thought I could make a deal with God. I, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, let's let's agree on some things here. If if you'll help me make the team and be a good athlete and and whatever, I will use that platform to speak for you and to try to influence people uh, toward toward you. And uh, so I go to. I, I, God didn't say no, so I thought He mm-hmm. bought the thought deal. He said yes. So uh, I thought we were working on that premise. Well, it does seem like to begin with that he's keeping his bargain because uh, as a freshman, I, I started. I was a starter, mm-hmm. so I got to play. And uh, But the last game of the season, last quarter, I get clipped, get blocked from the back, and my hip is disjointed. The, the joint comes loose in my hip. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what happened. I just know it hurt like yeah. crazy. So I'm in the hospital, um, with, and, and they're trying to stop the pain. So I wind up with double pneumonia, pneumonia in both lungs. And, and they didn't know that, and so I almost died. And so then they had to kind of knock me out. So I was, I was unconscious for many days. Mm-hmm. And when I came to, you know, the, doc, I, the doctors had said at some point before they knocked me out that I, I probably wouldn't get to play football anymore. So I didn't know how important that was to me until then. So when I came to, I was in the in the uh, in the room alone, and I was just uh, praying without saying any words, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, God, I'm sorry. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't keep my end of the bargain. I can't. I'm not going to have a platform to speak from, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear a, a crippled freshman. Mm-hmm. ex-football player. I mean, no no platform there. So, and uh, and I certainly didn't think I was a good enough speaker to make it on my own, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. So I was apologizing and said, I'm sorry. I can't do, I can't do anything for you. I'm, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And there was an awareness of the presence of, of Jesus who, who basically said to me, heart to heart, uh, it's okay. You don't have mm-hmm. to do anything. I love you anyway. And I found out that God, he knew me totally, and he loved me unconditionally, and that he was ready to do whatever's needed in my life without me having to do anything. Hmm. And so that was my first big deal. So, yeah. so I, I remember thinking, I hope that's you. <laughs> yeah. And if that is you, I really would like to get to know you. So that was the motivation for the next years of my life. It's like, I believe that was him. Mm-hmm. There were times when I thought, nah, you, you, that was the devil talking and you just wanted it to be God. Yeah. But, but I knew down deep in my heart, no, that was him. Yeah. And, and so I said, I want to know him. I want to know him. Uh, and that basically that set the tune of my life. That's still where I am. Yeah, yeah, knowing him. I want to know I want to know a God who says that to you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether you love me or not, I love you. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether you can do anything for me, I'll do some stuff for you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that was a big change. That's a big change. We all need to hear that. Yeah. We all need to hear that. I have to be reminded of it pretty often. Then there, you know, a series of changes as you go through the whole thing. 
<laughs> my preaching totally changed because I preached as an athlete, and that is, mm. you want to reach some goals, you got to set some set some uh, goals, and you got to set some steps, mm-hmm. and you got to do. You got to be disciplined. <laughs> Try harder, work longer, you'll be better. Yeah. And then do these three things. Do these three things and do them well. Yeah. You know. And if you're not achieving very much, because you're not working hard enough, so mm. get after it. Uh, you can get a lot of people down the aisle that way. Sure. You know, like yeah. if y'all want to be better, you got to come repent. I want to be better. I want to be better. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, you can say, hey, we had 500 decisions last week. Well, all 500 of them probably was people saying, okay, I'll, I'll try harder. I'll try harder. I'm, the next day they're done trying harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was another one. And then back in the... Uh, uh, back in the 80s, 1980s, there was a move of God amongst the people that we were associating with where the Spirit of God was doing things. And just kind of spontaneously, people were being healed, which we hadn't seen before a lot of. And people were coming off drugs and people uh, being delivered of demonic stuff. And so we're introduced to the whole world that, that people said, that's the charismatic world. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. in a sense, it is that charismatic meaning is it's the, it's the grace of God, the gift of God. Well, um, so I, I had to say, okay, where does that fit in my theology? Yeah. And truthfully, I, I didn't have a theology that pre- prevented it. I, my theology just hadn't produced it. Mm. You know, people say, your theology has changed. It's like, no, my theology is the same. It's my experience has changed. Right. You know, right. things that I used to think were possible, I'm now expecting to be real. Yeah. And and I'm 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 living that way. So that was a major change and it it, it caused some disruptions and relationships uh, theologically, denominationally mm-hmm. and whatever. And and but there was never a decision like are, are you going to go with the new or go with the old? That wasn't a decision for me. Uh, the decision I was trying to make was how can I wisely do this? Right, right. How can I handle it? But it's like, no, if if God's going there, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to see, you know, sick people get well, and demonized people get free, and hurting people get hurt, uh, helped. I've always wanted that. Uh, so I'm getting to see it, and I was like, yeah, that's where I'm going, whatever that yeah. costs. I remember that. That was in my lifetime. I remember yeah. that, and I remember from a— eight to 10 year olds perspective, it was like um, we had a framework on this is who God is and what, what he does. And then that framework kind of dissipated and it was like, we're going to let him do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And we're going to see things that we didn't have in this framework or in these, in this, in these boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting times. <clears throat> there were exciting times and, and sometimes messy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, as you're walking in them, you don't you don't know all the stuff. Yeah. And if I go, went back, I would be a little wiser in some areas, I think. Mm. But uh, hey, it, th- those were fun times. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, an, another big paradigm shift was when uh, I was introduced to the concept of the kingdom of God being the heart of the gospel. Mm. Uh, you know, when Jesus came forth and said. <clears throat> the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is here. And so when I began to understand, okay, the kingdom is not something we look forward to in the future. The culmination of it we look forward right. to. But it, it it came in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And you can't have the gospel apart from the recognition that he came as a king. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's not just coming again as a king. He came as a king. Yeah. And he we're living in his everything. kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the gospel framed as, <clears throat> as the kingdom of God on earth now, progressively moving and being culminated in his last coming. That, that was a major, uh, major shift yeah. for me because prior to that, you know, it was like the gospel is Jesus died for our sins on the cross. Believe in him, you get to go to heaven. Now, the deeper life is, mm-hmm. you know, you got to walk in the spirit, abide in him, do all this kind of stuff. No, it's all one. Yeah. It's all yeah. one thing. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, do you, you you got one that you want to tell about? I don't know. The one I remember being most dra- dramatic or drastic would be the one in the early 80s where we began to experience what you said experience what we had read about. Experience yeah. like, oh, we've never seen this before, but it it lines up with what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, and so I remember but I was young, so it was like, okay, this is the new normal, you know. And um, so, so yeah, I think that was that was a significant one for me. Um, I for in college for me, we you you and I went through this together, but where we really kind of pushed into and and got more revelation about where you were talking about the kingdom, but we focused it on okay, what are how do we break down? How do we think? Um, presuppositionally and how do we analyze culture and how do we analyze truth um, and and put it in kind of a systematic form that was that was um, life-changing for me and I felt like you led me um, in that uh, but I, I think it totally stems out of that whole kingdom perspective yeah. this is all it's not salvation and then this it's no it's all the kingdom of God and how do we how do we see that how we view it how do we apply it in our daily, uh, our daily life. You know, I go back to to those discussions we had while you were in college, uh, and uh, at the time, I felt so inadequate. We would talk about that stuff, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you're going through the educational mm-hmm. to be prepared as a teacher, and going through the educational content and philosophy and all that kind of stuff forced us to really rethink some things. Yeah. That were really helpful, and mm-hmm. so as I look back on, it, I look back at it, those are really good days for me mm. because it forced me. You were asking questions I didn't know the answer to, and I had to act like I did. <laughs> you did. You did a great <laughs> job, but we thought we we worked through it together, and yeah, I think my education uh, was completely different because you were willing to do that with me, and we were we were willing to take it to. Through the kingdom of, to process it through the yeah. kingdom perspective to process it through. Okay, what does the Bible say about this? Knowing that the kingdom yeah. is now, so. and you know, Karis, he is so big, he is so good, mm-hmm. he's so beautiful that even in heaven, I think it's going to be a progressive. I, I, I think even in heaven, I don't think we can handle it all at once. Really. I think so. Uh, we were just, some friends and I were just talking about this. Like, okay, when we get there, will we suddenly know everything? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think I think it will be a continual. He's, he's too big. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't been there yet, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could talk to mom now and, and, and say, see. tell us how that really Yeah, works. yeah. But, you know, like when, and when David in Psalm 27 says, one thing, one mm. thing. 
I desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever and behold his beauty. David was a king. He yeah. lived in a palace. He, 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 had, he whipped all the Philistines. Yeah. He, was, he had all this stuff. He said, there's just one thing I want. Yeah. I want to see his beauty. Well, we need to understand then that every day is an opportunity to repent again, mm-hmm. to have another paradigm change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we go back and we see a few you know, biggies, right. but uh, they should be happening every day. You're right. You're right. Asking for that perspective of, yeah, that's good. Thanks for walking me through these. It's good for me to reminisce. And I think it's good for all of us to realize that we don't know it all. We don't know it all. And there are times where we get a revelation and it's like, whoa, whoa, that's going to change the way I get out of bed in the morning. Um, and it's encouraging to know that that it happens and, it's, and that is the goodness of God. So we can see the goodness of the God. Um, the goodness of God on a daily basis. Thanks for joining us today. 